Through this podcast, I've gotten to know very many extremely nice persons who have taken part in the Eurovision in some way or another. But the question is if not today's guest takes the prize as the nicest of them all. Maybe this was to be expected, since she is known for laughing already during her Eurovision performance back in 1992. And trust me, the laughing continues throughout this episode. Merite Trøen is an extremely positive person, even for Norwegian. She laughs all the time and is both well prepared and generous with her stories from her Eurovision adventure. This despite that a 21 year old was styled more like 51 and got some really harsh backlash from certain media and an undeservingly poor result in the contest. This is Eurovision Legends. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and share with anyone who might be interested. And I'm Emil Löfström, still sore in my jaw muscles from this interview. <laughs> DJ Stormby, take it away. Eurovision legends Merete Tröan. Thank you so much. <laughs> How do you do on a day like this? Uh, well, today it's Monday. I'm not very fond of Mondays actually, but uh, this is very nice, I have to admit. <laughs> ah, lovely. It's been 30 years since you participated in Eurovision and oh. gave us the biggest laugh we have ever seen in this contest <laughs> till date. <laughs> I know. And I believe know. me, we are going to talk about that laugh later. <laughs> I'll give you every detail. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I would like to warm up with some quick fire questions to get to know you and your taste. Okay, fire away. Name drop three songs from Eurovision you really like. Oh, uh, only three. <laughs> <laughs> we can begin with three. <laughs> we can begin with three. Uh, well, I I loved it when Monesin won last year. Zitti Boni is a big favorite. Yeah. Uh, and uh, since I'm uh, old school uh, Eurovision, <laughs> uh, we could go way back to 1994, uh, Rock and Roll Kids, when uh, Ireland won. Yeah. We were the Rock and Roll Kids, Rock and Roll was all we did, and listening to those songs on the radio. I love it. And yeah. uh, of course, uh, Salvador Sobral in 2017. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of those artists I really fell in love with when I discovered Eurovision was uh, a Finnish uh, artist, uh, Riki Sorsa, mm, yeah. Reggae OK from yeah. 1981. Ah. It was Lism. He was uh, Scandinavia's uh, Rod Stewart or something like that. But I love the song, really. Okay. 
but sadly he passed away a few years ago. Yeah, I know. Mm. Favorite song from Norway then in Eurovision besides Visioner? Oh, well, I have to say uh, Let It Swing, of course, because that changed everything for Norway in 1985. Yeah. Uh, not very objective, of course, since uh, I participated the same year. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, 1985 was perhaps one of the best Norwegian finals ever with the greatest artists uh, Norway had. It was an adventure to be a part of it. So Let It Swing is uh, high on my list. Uh, but also uh, Nocturne, it's so timeless in yeah. a way. And Silent Storm. Uh, because I love this guy who came from nowhere, <laughs> almost. And he just stood there and sang with his heart outside the chest. Yeah. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and absolutely. There's a silent storm inside me Looking for a home I hope that someone's gonna find me And say that I belong I wait forever and a lifetime Absolutely lovely. And uh, a pearl from 1981 from um, Finn Kalvik, Aldri i Live, mm. uh, was a Norwegian title and it got zero points. Yeah, I know. I yeah. never understood why, because it's a beautiful song, uh, which was produced by uh, Benny Andersson, by the way. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and Agneta and Frida are doing the back and vocals for the song on oh. the studio version. Yes, they did. Lucky yeah. Finn Kalvik, probably the only one in Norway who has Abba as a choir <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> Least favorite song from Norway in Eurovision. Ooh, uh, I may annoy someone now, but. Uh, I've never really understood Icebreaker uh, because I, I don't like the, the change in the tempo, in the refrain there. I, I don't understand it. And uh, Haba Haba is, um, is a puzzle too. <laughs> It's a nice song, uh, yeah. but uh, not quite typical Eurovision song maybe. And uh, it would be nice to hear Haba Haba on a sport event in football or something like that. But in Eurovision, not so sure. <laughs> should have won the contest but didn't uh ooh. we talk an international yep. uh, contest now yep. yeah uh, well old school again <laughs> uh, back in 1983 i fell completely in love with um, daniel he came along before with the uh, julie
And then uh, Corinne Hermès one yeah, with yeah. Uh, Sylvia Vieux and Candor. Oui. Uh, which, by the way, the last line in the verse is exactly the same as the first line in uh, Visioner. Hmm, fun fact. <laughs> I never thought about it, but yeah. And they are quite similar. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I didn't like uh, the one Luxembourg won that year. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, well, uh, I'm not fond of um, Israel either. Uh, Netta, I love the girl, but I hate the song. <laughs> Oh, the chicken thing. Oh, no, uh, don't understand it. <laughs> well, who should not have won but did? Uh, well, uh, poor Netta. <laughs> <laughs> we take her again. Well, I just, uh, that song is too much for me, uh, in a way, Uh, especially because of the, uh, I I just don't understand it, but but she is the coolest ever. I love the attitude (laughs) of the song. Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> we go to 1992. Favorite mm-hmm. song from 92 besides Visioner? Oh, the one and only Mia Martini with mm. Rapsodia. Oh. oh my God, it's so beautiful. Uh, I stood backstage when she was on stage, so I watched her. Uh, she did uh, Eurovision to an art. Yeah. It's out of this world. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and what a voice. Oh my goodness, yeah. It was so powerful and a lot of pain in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was it was pure magic for 3 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Least favorite song from 92, then? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well I, perhaps I should say Sweden because they were not so nice to us. But uh, I never understood um, Finland. Yamma, yamma, yamma. Yeah, strange. Very strange. <laughs> nice guy, by the way. Not my favorite song, no. No, no not many either. He sadly passed away last year. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But he became a legend. Well, last quick fire question. Who do you want to see compete in Eurovision next year for Norway? Oh, good question. Uh, I think I would like to see uh, Aurora, mm. uh, this beautiful girl from Bergen, because she's... She's out of this world <laughs> in a in a strange way. She's exotic and she writes music that is in another atmosphere <laughs> yeah. in a way. And her, her voice is like a fairy voice. So if she came up with something, I think that could be quite a legendary performance. Maybe you can compose something for her. Oh, maybe, but she is a good songwriter herself. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, and of course uh, the one and only Rain Alexander. Um, mm. I love his voice. I love his uh, his shining on stage uh, in a way. So I would like to see him in 2023 as well. Yeah, me too. I really loved when he competed with this uh, song one last time. One last time. Oh. Yeah. Powerful. Oh, very, very loved him. Fabulous, Marietta. We survived the first part. Oh, yes, we did. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) What is your first memory from watching the Eurovision Song Contest? Oh, I think I'll have to say 75 or 76. Uh, Great Britain kisses for me. Uh, 76. Yeah, yeah, 76. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I uh, I was so happy when uh, when they won. And uh, in 77, I was very sad to see France win because I didn't like the song. I Ooh. didn't like her. I didn't like the dress. <laughs> um, perhaps I was uh, a little too much fan of Anita Skorgan and Casanova. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course, yeah. But, but that's so great about Eurovision that the songs, they, they trigger feelings in you. And everybody loves it or everybody loves to hate it. Yeah. Uh, strange. But it's a, it's a show that survived over six years on television. That has to mean something. <laughs> but were you dreaming of competing there yourself one day when you were a kid? Yes, absolutely. Because the show was so big and all of Europe can watch you uh, and what you do on stage. And if you have a song that you feel is you... Yeah. Uh, of course, that was a dream. So um, a few few years later, we were quite lucky to compete. <laughs> yeah, as a young teenager, you became a member of the group Pastel. Mm-hmm. How come? Uh, we were four yep. uh, in the group. Uh, and we started up in 1979 uh, as a group called uh, Mestello. <laughs> yeah. uh, a little inspired by uh, Abba. Uh, so we took the first letters in our names and put it together in ah, a way. Okay. Mm. Uh, so we did several shows around in uh, Tronem and the area where we lived. Uh, a little fun fact, uh, we became postal after Hanna Krog from Bobby Sox discovered us on television in Ooh. 1983. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Mm, that's funny to think about now because she she's the reason that we participated in 1985. She called uh, the legend himself, Mr. Arne Bendixen, which was huge in Norway as a composer. He had a record label. Yeah. And she called him and said, turn on the television now. Look at those kids. Uh, and so we did. Uh, and he invited us to Oslo well, to jam a little bit with him and um, talking about the future. But that work stopped uh, in a way. But uh, one of his colleagues remembered us and presented us to Pete Knudsen, uh, who was the composer of Ring, 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 which yep. we participated with. And then we got from Pastello to Pastel. And Pastel was, was you and your sister, Elisabeth, mm-hmm. and two brothers, Johnny yes. and Stig Nordset. Yeah. 
that's correct. <laughs> and they lived about 100 meters from us, so um, we grew up together. Okay. So we're sisters and brothers without being sisters and brothers. <laughs> what do you remember from uh, the Melody Grand Prix in 1985? Oh. You were only 14 years old, right? Yes, I was only 14. And, well, we were completely starstruck. And there was Hanne, there was Bettan, there was uh, Björn Eidsvog, Anita Skorgan, and the man who wrote... Uh, me left the meal. Uh, he participated. So we <laughs> we run around and taking pictures and oh, can we have your autograph <laughs> and so on. And um, perhaps we we grew up a little too fast in 1985 because uh, well, we were young yeah. and um, got a little cocky, perhaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it was a fairy tale. Oh. goodness and uh, but looking on it today do you think you are too young maybe uh, and maybe not uh, because today as uh, 51 years old yeah. <laughs> turning 52 soon uh, i work as a coach for um, the finalists in um, uh, the junior edition of uh, eurovision in norway and they are as old as i was now yep. uh, so i can use my experience to help them become safe on stage and enjoying uh, being on stage and do the song. Uh, so, well, maybe I was too young, but maybe we should have someone around us who took care of us a little bit more. And you didn't have that? No, not then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the uh, wild 80s, you know, I, I was 14, turned 15, but I could go to nightclubs mm-hmm. uh, with a, a little bit of 18. Yeah. Uh, strange. Very strange. My son uh, wasn't allowed to that. <laughs> so, so the the 80s were pretty wild. You got a third place in this pre-selection. Mm. And the winner was Bobby Sox, as we yeah. talked about before. Mm. And he later won the entire contest in Gothenburg. Yes. And gave Norway its first victory. Oh, yes. They turned Norway upside down. <laughs> but, you know, Elisabeth Andreasen, who was mm. one of the girls in Bobby Sox, had also submitted a song for the Swedish Melody Festivalen this year. She did? Yeah, which was one of the last songs to be eliminated by the selection jury. Oh. That song was called Tissel Tassel. Tissel Tassel. So Bobby Sox was close to never have happened at all. And I talked to Elisabeth Andreasen about this when she was a guest on the podcast together with Hanne Krog. Mm -hmm. And as if that was not enough... Kiki Danielsson, who was Sweden's representative in 1985, yeah. also sent in another song besides Bra Vibrationer. Yeah. And mm. this is where you are coming in in the picture. Oh. That song was called Plingeling, <laughs> which was also one of the last songs to be deselected from oh. and rejected from Melodifestivalen. Oh my goodness. And the reason for bringing this up with you mm. is because that song... Plingeling, which got mm. rejected from Melodifestival in 1985. Mm. That song you and your band Pastel recorded in Norwegian. <gasps> We did? Yep. Oh. <laughs> and, and it was called Sommaren med dig. Ah, oh, yes. I remember that now. Yeah. Because we got this 
them were from uh, Sweden, but no one told us that it was a Eurovision uh, contribute. Yep. Yeah, it became a hit in Norway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny nerd fact. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> An album was with Pastel was released. Mm. And when I listened to the album yesterday, I noticed that one song was written by you. Yeah. Bare venner. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> A little bit inspired of um, Pernilla Wahlgren. And I loved Piccadilly Circus. Uh, so the refrain is quite similar to, to Piccadilly Circus. But uh, that's the first song I am... Um, wrote and uh, recorded. was only one record release and why did you split up? Well, I think maybe we just grew apart, uh, I guess. And um, uh, both Yoni and my sister Elizabeth, um, she got a boyfriend and Yoni got a girlfriend and, uh, well, fast car and, uh, well, school and all that. So I was the only one left to wanting to continue on stage. Okay. Yeah. So we just split up and we are good friends uh, and everything. So there was no um, no hard feelings and so on. But um, I was the only one who chose to continue. So what happened then in your life after Pastel? Oh, many things. We did some concerts uh, in 1986 and I did some solo things. And uh, in 1988, I saw an ad uh, in a newspaper for um, the musical The Sound of Music, uh, which was to go in Oslo. So I flew to Oslo and tried to get a part as one of the Von Trapp kids. Mm. Uh, I didn't get a part as one of those, but um, I uh, I was standing for uh, the main role as Maria Von Trapp. Ooh. Yeah, uh, that's quite exciting um, because when the Maria von Trapp was played by uh, Cecil Kirchebe. Oh, yeah. And um, she lost her voice. And um, then I got, well, a day or so to jump in as Maria von Trapp. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, and then something began to happen. So I'm, I moved to Oslo. I did uh, some other musicals. Uh, Hello, Jolly, for example. I played the part as a mini fay with uh, perhaps the greatest um, actors in Norway. Uh, so it was being ed- educated as an actor while playing on stage. Uh, and I did some other musicals and toured with um, what's in Norway called the Riksteatra. And all this happened between 1988 and 1992 when I got a visioner. <laughs> yeah, and became one of the participants in Melodi Grand Prix. Mm. Uh, was this the first time you submitted anything or got asked to take part since 1985? Yeah, I uh, I was asked. 
Så jag har en manager, his name was Håvar, presented visioner for me. I I was a little bit skeptic because the gut feeling said, mm, should I do this? I'm not sure. Um, but um, they told me that it would be a smart move uh, to do the uh, Eurovision. And um, so I did. And uh, well, it went quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did. And uh, it was composed by Robert Morley mm-hmm. with lyrics by Eva Janssen. Yeah. And they had competed before Melody Grand Prix in yeah. 1989 and 1990. Mm. Yeah, with Café Le Swing. Yup, in 1990. And Barna in 1989. Yes, that's great. Mm. Uh, I contacted Robert last week regarding the oh, song. And really? he told me that he submitted the song to the committee in an Yes, it was. And maybe that's why I was a little bit skeptic because it was uh, very dream- dramatically arranged <laughs> yeah. with some guitars and uh, stuff. Uh, but, well, there was something. It, it was quite a hook. Uh, just the first line. It just did something. Uh, we noticed that in Oslo Spectrum as well that people just reacted to to that and, and it's quite smart to do the verse in um, minor and uh, the refrain in major. Yeah. Shall we shall we listen to what Visioners sounded like when it got accepted? Oh yes, really far away. <laughs> song was a bit too long from the mm. beginning. 35 mm. seconds to be exact. Mm. And in quite an unusual move one and a half choruses were cut mm. while keeping the verses. Yeah. This means that when half of the song has passed we haven't heard the first chorus. No. And after <laughs> that we have a short verse and mm. then the original chorus and then the song is over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, were you involved at all in this process? Uh, no, not in that process. I was, uh, <laughs> I was only the singer, and uh, there were several versions um, of the arrangement, and uh, we had a little problem with that between the Norwegian final and the international final, which was not a good process at all. Um, Wasn't Rolf Lövland the arranger? Yes, uh, when we recorded it uh, in the studio. 
uh, and that was the arrangement that uh, was used uh, in Malmö. Yep. Uh, because he was the conductor. Yeah, but I don't think uh, Robert was too happy with that. Oh, and okay. I can understand that because uh, it was his song. Uh, and, uh, well, quite frankly, I liked the version we did in Oslo Spectrum a little bit more. The more uh, campy. The, yeah, had more energy. Yep. Uh, yep. It was a little bit tougher. Yep. Uh, but when that said, uh, in Malmö we had an orchestra with a... About a hundred people, <laughs> and not uh, some stupid sing back. <laughs> and uh, live orchestra is um, is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was a little bit more energy in the Oslo Spectrum version. I would love to hear with the orchestra in Malmo. Unfortunately, we didn't. Do you remember when you sang the first demo of the song? Hmm. Uh, I was very frightened in the studio and wor- uh, a little bit worried because uh, <laughs> uh, at the press conference uh, in Sweden uh, I got several questions about the lyrics. Uh, there are many words yep. and uh, the message is quite clear. So we have to take care of the environment, take care of each other and not political but Political in a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I was afraid that perhaps the text would be too much uh, for the song. Uh, but, uh, well, in a strange way, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we listen to what it sounded like on your first demo? Mm, of course. Visioner from
We talked about the lyrics. Um, Eva Janssen, who wrote mm-hmm. it, said yeah. after the victory in Norway that she could see things happening before that they had, like visions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what the song is titled. <laughs> and I have translated a bit of the lyrics to English. Mm-hmm. My favorite part, actually, because yeah. it sounds so extremely religious or what we in Sweden call, would call frireligiöst. I see. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a word in English, but free religious. Mm-hmm. A bit new age, perhaps. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Like, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, give us a sunrise with children's laughter and song. We love father and mother, have love to give to sister and brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 quite sweet. Yeah. Yep, quite sweet. <laughs> but it was the 90s after all. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, and the message was give love to everyone and take care of the earth and yeah. uh, so on. So, yeah. uh, well, not too much sex. But uh, lots of love yeah. <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Hug a tree. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, you said to yourself that you had some opinions about the lyrics uh, mm. at first. What are your opinions today? Well, I think uh, the message in the song mm. also can be used in 2022 with the, everything going on with the Earth's environment. Yeah. And uh, we've had some years with um, an interesting president in the United States, which um, scared me a bit. I have to say, uh, because it was more dividing dividing people than bringing us together. Yeah. And then we need love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We need to take care of each other and we need to take care of our environment. We need to take care of the earth because as far as we know, there's only one planet. And uh, we are a few billion people here on earth. We have to respect each other and take care of each other. So the lyrics is... Uh, Yeah, we can use it in 2022 as well, as in 92, as sweet as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it's a beautiful lyrics with today's standard, maybe a bit cheesy, but mm. it's it's a beautiful message. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, was this the only song you worked on for Melody Grand Prix or were you offered other songs as well? No, that's uh, that's the only song um, for me. So, so I worked only on this one uh, and trying to to be comfortable uh, in it. And yeah. um, I had to sing it many, many times before I cracked the code on on how to sing it. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I got a little eager there at the end <laughs> when the victory was clear. I, I was so shocked. Uh, when uh, Vishune got the most points from the Oslo jury because I was on my way over to where Tore Andresen sat to congratulate him. I was convinced that he he was going to represent Norway. And then it just suddenly turned. And I had to turn because he, <laughs> <laughs> he had to come to me <laughs> and say congratulations. But I was completely in shock. I didn't see this at all. Thank you, Myren, the third, Tore Andresen second, and you won. Yeah. Um, Elisabeth Andreasen and John Tegen were the hosts. Yes. And the show had some kind of circus theme. Mm. Uh, looking at it today, it looks very odd, but I guess this was super modern back then with athletes in lycra fabrics standing doing handstands in the background. <laughs> yeah. 
and with an orchestra dressed like the Beatles on the cover of Sgt. Pepper. Yes, yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) But what a band. Oh my goodness. But um, yes, um, I see the point. It was quite strange. Uh, But since there were no Norwegian final in 1991, uh, the Norwegian Broadcasting wanted to oh, let's do something big. Yeah. This is a circus. We go all in. Yeah. Uh, and they did. And I felt like an acro- athlete myself, just going down those stairs, yeah. which was quite steep. Uh, and uh, the message was, look in the camera and smile and sing. Don't look down at the stairs. Uh, but I had to because I was <laughs> freaking scared of falling down. Yeah. <laughs> the stairs was quite slippery. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, I see it uh, if I look uh, uh, at it today that I'm quite scared, but I'm trying to smile and, oh, this is fun. But I was scared as hell. <laughs> we must talk about your styling from the Melody Grand Prix. You wear a black sequin dress, very chic and stylish for your 21-year-old age. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. over that... You had a red jacket that, no offense intended, looked like it had been picked up from the staff on one of the ferries that goes between Sweden and Finland. (laughs) Why? Uh, Well, there is an explanation. Uh, (laughs) uh, First of all, uh, I had a little trouble uh, with um, uh, accepting uh, how I looked uh, because I... uh, I had a little issues with it is an eating disorder. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I thought I was a little, oh, no, no problem. <laughs> so I was scared of looking fat and so on. But uh, the problem was the dress, because if I moved too much, uh, it could be a scandal by exposing two things in the front there who is not to be exposed on television. Oh Just ask Janet Jackson. <laughs> That almost happened. Uh, so um, uh, that's also an explanation for using a jacket. If oh, okay. something yeah. dramatic would happen yeah. with a dress. <laughs> but I still have the dress today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not so fitting anymore. I just don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you don't have eating disorder anymore. No, I, um, I had eating disorders about seven or eight years, but um, everything is fine now. <laughs> lovely, lovely to hear. Um, Eurovision 92 was held in Malmö mm. in a sports arena called Malmö Ice Stadium yeah. which was uh, transformed for this occasion into a Viking ship with a dragon on stage. Yes. That brainstorm eating must have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I almost felt like home because the Vikings and Norwegians, yeah, we go well together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the stadium was quite dark, wasn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, mm. What a um, huge stage. And a lot of cameras uh, near the stage. Um, cameramen standing next to each other, about 10 or 15, just in front of the stage. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> Can you take us back to your memories from Malmö? What what happened there? Oh, uh, a lot of things. Uh, for me, it was quite hectic. Uh, rehearsals and press conferences and uh, events. You were there one um, week? Yeah, yeah, almost a week. Six days, okay. I reckon. Yeah, about six days. Uh, and it was quite fun uh, during the rehearsals because we, we got to sing Vishunen many times. Uh, so we were quite effective uh, in the short time we had on stage. 
And that was quite fun to see how people reacted to the song. Mm. Because the refrains uh, with the orchestra sounded quite cool. And um, uh, still I have some friends from Greece, uh, which I'm friends with on Facebook, that um, had visions uh, as number one. (laughs) (laughs) And and we were quite high high on the betting list. We were between fourth or fifth place. Uh, But, um, well, after counting points that Saturday, we... We weren't exactly a fifth place. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, yep. uh, but the interesting thing uh, was uh, how the Swedish press treated uh, all finalists. Uh, they were quite harsh, actually. Uh, and so we had the case uh, going with um, Expressen and uh, Aftonblade. Yep. Uh, because the critics they gave to, to everyone, including us, was well, it wasn't exactly nice and we didn't have social media then so um uh, but uh, we could read in the papers what they meant about us i actually checked the swedish newspapers from 92 yesterday and you did? So, yeah and saw that all of the three biggest newspapers in sweden gave you bottom marks mm. and they all wrote that the song was old fashioned and boring yeah <laughs> But that, that's that's quite okay uh, because then they com- uh, then they commented on the song, but when they commented uh, on the artists, it was it was worse. Uh, so uh, the Norwegian delegation was quite angry because uh, about me they said, "Oh, this year Norway sent a real songbird, looking like an overfed turkey." Oh. <laughs> So I was a turkey, uh, and I uh, thought, well, okay. Um, well, you, know, you know that the legendary Terry Wogan commented the contest in the United Kingdom on television. Oh, yeah. mm. Do you know how he presented you no, for the I viewers? Don't. What did he say? This is the. I, I'm so ashamed to say this to you. But this is so. It's so fascinating how older men treated younger girls at that time. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. said, "Here comes a plumped chicken from Trondheim." <laughs> Who, remi- who reminds me of Tracy Ullman. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I love Tracy Ullman. <laughs> as for everyone who's seen Ellie McBeal, we love Tracy yep. Ullman. So yep. thank you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So both chicken and turkey then. Well, I must have tasted good. <laughs> <laughs> As in the Norwegian festival, you walk mm-hmm. down a flight of stairs in the intro mm. and yeah. pass the five backing artists who joined you on stage. Were they handpicked by you or who was who was who shows them? Well, I'm not sure, uh, actually, because uh, uh, the most of the people in the choir, they they've been in the choir in the Eurovision for several years uh, and they're quite Excellent singers as well, uh, but one of them was not with us uh, in Sweden. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but I think he was uh, handpicked by Robert Hansborg, uh, was his name. Yeah. But he wasn't in Malmö with us, uh, okay. but I don't know why. Yeah, because in Malmö there was a guy with long hair who wasn't in the Melody Grand Prix. Mm, Leif Digen, yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we flirted on stage. <laughs> so I was singing to him. <laughs> yep, yep. In the second verse there. So we had quite fun on stage. Mm. Did anything happen behind the scenes during the week? 
Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown oh. in the costume area. You know this um, costume I had um, in the Eurovision. Yeah, your uh, outfit, your red jacket and the dress. Yes, I I think I looked as um, stewardess from um, SS Norway or something. <laughs> Quite old-fashioned, and I was 21, 22 yeah. years yeah. old, yeah. and I looked. Uh, I know I, I don't looked at seventy or eighty years old with that uh, outfit, but maybe the in the fifties. Yeah, something like that. And and I stood there in the costume area and, and cried. I said, "Look at this skirt. I'm twenty two years old, and the skirt goes down to my knees. Do something." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they did. Uh, but the shoes were lovely, by the way. <laughs> you, you, you had you had pumps, right? Yeah, black pumps with uh, some stones um, or right something. Stones. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and um, someone uh, did the skirt uh, a little bit shorter. Uh, and the day after the final, I could read in one of the papers, there was this guy who was 19 years old, uh, <laughs> that called into the newspapers from Jävle. And then he wrote, no way should I won. Did you see those legs? <laughs> <laughs> so my breakdown paid off. <laughs> Real turkey legs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but was the red jacket the same as in the pre-selection, but pimped with some sequins and glitter trims? No, it was another jacket uh, made in the uh, Norwegian Broadcasting uh, Sewing Studio. <laughs> but did you have anything insane? No, almost nothing. Uh, I was uh, sponsored by a big book uh, in Norway. Yeah. Uh, so they had sent with me a huge bag with lots of uh, clothes. But um, things were quite different in '92 because uh, the outfit and the costumes uh, had to be decided five days before the final. So if we came up with a new idea, it was too late. Okay. And what was the new idea then? Well, I, I had a, another jacket in Norway. <laughs> But uh, and my parents took it when they came to Sweden, but uh, we were not allowed to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. Perhaps uh, because of the lightning on stage or something. Probably. It's much easier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But then it was very difficult to to decide an- anything. We couldn't change anything after Tuesday. Hmm. I would guess that there is still a hole in the ozone layer after all the hairspray that was then used <laughs> to make your fringe look like look something like a crayfish claw. <laughs> <laughs> I take full responsibility for the whole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this uh, it was. Uh, I don't know where, where have I seen this hair before. Perhaps in Dynasty, yeah. Alexis, and uh, all those. A little bit old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fantastic laugh. Then, oh, can I yes. order one now? Oh. The- <laughs> <laughs> that one, that love, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know the cameraman uh, I told you about? Yep. Uh, they were standing next to each other, about 10 or 15. And during every rehearsal, I looked in camera four. And I was supposed to look in camera five. So my cameraman, cameraman number five... He gave me this message. You are supposed to look at me, Merete. Remember that. Me, okay? And so, yes, uh, I'll try. Um, <laughs> I'm nearsighted, so I didn't see too well. Uh, but we came to the Saturday. 
Yeah. And uh, the rehearsals daytime, finally, I looked in his camera and he was quite happy. Yes, now, Marietta, now you're doing the right thing. Thanks. So uh, that became something uh, between him and me. Just uh, something that, uh, that it was our thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, when it was my turn, <laughs> I just knew exactly what to do. So I looked straight in the camera and I pointed at him and went, hop, there, and, and he began to dance like Michael Jackson. And I was the only one who saw that. Yeah. So I couldn't help myself. I just got it. <laughs> and no one else saw it but me. <laughs> so that's the explanation. The funniest thing about the laugh is that there's a guy in Great Britain who uses the laugh and clips it in uh, to mock other artists, uh, especially Eurovision artists. Yeah. And he, he makes uh, YouTube videos and Merete Tröan is mocking Carola, Merete Tröan is mocking Monselmelö. <laughs> and I wrote an email, email to him. Yeah. I said, so yeah, you're having fun mocking uh, people? And he was so scared because he thought that I was hurt. Yeah. But I told him, oh, please keep on. Keep on working with this. I love I love your videos. Yeah. So uh, there are several videos with me mocking other people. <laughs> yeah, and this has actually been become some kind of a meme in Eurovision circles. Yes. And yes. I love to rewatch the moment when you burst out in a laugh. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. I had no control. <laughs> but it became legendary. Hmm. You know what? I talk about I talked about this with uh, a friend of mine some days ago, and he thought you laughed because, you know, in in the melody in melody Grand Prix in the pre-selection in Norway, mm. you had some problems with the cameraman's too because you are standing behind a post. Yes, I know. Like for several <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it's my lot in life <laughs> to do the wrong camera. So we thought since you had some problems there to know which camera you should look in and that was, was mm. decided that they should uh, that you should point with the hand of which camera you should look at and that made you laugh. <laughs> well, almost. But when I pointed at my cameraman in Sweden, I knew exactly where to look. Yeah. Uh, so just you should have seen that dance. Uh, it was a rain dance. It was over in 2 seconds. But uh, oh, it was uh, it was a funny moment. <laughs> it came a little bit out of control for me there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fabulous. Um, according to the betting odds, Ireland mm-hmm. and Denmark had the best odds, with uh, Sweden and France close after. And during the Eurovision week. Yugoslavia mm. sailed up and Norway yeah. and Greece as a mm. favorite to to win. Yes. But in the end only Ireland and France and Greece got a place in the top 10 out of those. And this became actually the last year Yugoslavia competed even if the country had ceased to exist even before the show. Do you yeah. remember if that was a big talking point? No, I don't remember too much. Uh, because she competed that. before you, right? Uh, yeah. She was the girl uh, before me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't talk too much about that, but I, I remember Greece um, because uh, she was so beautiful. Yeah, Cleopatra. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I, uh, I heard she sadly has passed away as well. Uh, Has she? I, I think. I thought yeah, she was had become a nun. 
She did? Yeah, oh. I heard from well, uh, from a uh, from a friend. He said that he she's a nun today. Oh. Well, maybe I remember wrong. Uh, but I remember her from um, from the dressing room because she rehearsed all the time. Yeah. From early morning to evening she did this ah, ah, for several hours. Uh, and she never became tired in the voice. <laughs> She was fascinating. She was so beautiful. Yeah. And a lovely person as well. <laughs> yeah. Malta ended third, United mm. Kingdom second, and Ireland won. Yeah. Any opinions about the top three? Oh, Michael Ball. <laughs> no, but he... I remember the song. I don't remember Malta. I have to admit. But uh, I remember Michael Ball because he was this Mr. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, all the time he talked with everybody and we made a little fun of each other and uh, he made a little fun of us because we were so happy every time we got some points there in the green room. So yeah. when Michonne got one point, we just, whoa, yes. So he laughed his ass off. And, oh, congratulations, Norway. You got one point. Yes, we know. Have some champagne. <laughs> Uh, and I liked his song. Uh, it was a very typical um, British mainstream pop song. We we sang duet afterwards in the hotel lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After the show, uh, because he was standing there by the piano and his pianist played um, anthem from chess. Mm. And uh, me and my parents, we we came in and we heard that. So we stopped and just listened to it because it was so beautiful. And he forgot the lyrics, but I remember the lyrics, so I. I began to sing what he had forgotten. So, oh, thank you, Norway. <laughs> and then we suddenly sang uh, You and I from Chess and the Rose and everything. That was very funny. Um, ah, beautiful memory. He's a very nice guy. Did you stay in contact? No, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> But I, I saw him in um, Le Miserable. He played um, Marius. Yeah. So I understand that he's a huge musical um, Yep. Artists. Yep, one of the no biggest. No wonder. Yep. Yeah, no wonder. Were you single in Malmö? In Malmö I was single. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, two weeks later I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, it didn't go too well uh, in Malmö, but um, I, I think I won the greatest lottery in love instead. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for the Eurovision, I wouldn't have met uh, the man of my dreams. Uh, because in between the Norwegian final and the international final, I performed uh, in a place called Storifjell in Norway. Uh, that was in the Easter time. Yeah. Oh my God, what an experience. Uh, me and my pianist flew in a helicopter <laughs> in the mountains and there were about 10,000 people walking on skis and coming. It was a huge stage made of snow 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on that uh, snow stage, uh, a band called uh, After It played, and they were backing band um, for all the artists invited up on Storefjell. Betan was there as well, mm. and I um, and I met the band, and uh, well, this very handsome guitarist, <laughs> and so we've been together for. 30 years now, mm. married in 22 of them soon. Lovely. Yeah, that was the biggest prize in 1992. We're still very much in love. Congratulations, <laughs> Marietta. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what were the headlines like in Norway when you came back after the poor result? Uh, I remember one of the newspapers wrote, What now, Marietta? Uh, and uh, Well, that hurt a little bit because I didn't know what would happen next. Uh, it would perhaps been a little easier if I were to be fifth or maybe number four or number six or so on. Because Or at least in the top ten, maybe. Yeah, at least in the top ten because it would have been easier to release an album. I had a record contract with um, Polygram, uh, later known as Universal, Uh, but the years went by and we just didn't quite know what to do because uh, I participated in uh, the Norwegian final in 1993 as well. Yep. Huge mistake. Uh, the song is lovely, but it's not exactly wise to win one year and <laughs> to believe that you can win the next year. But um, I regret a little bit uh, that I uh, that I did that because... I didn't have the right um, feeling about doing it. Uh, and so I just pulled a little back from um, the life as a musician, as a singer. So I did other things. We, we listened mm. to the song Din Egen Stjärne, which mm. was composed by Per Berge Johannesen. Norway only gathered 23 points and yes. ended ended 18th. Mm. Uh, if we speculate, why do you think you got so so few points? Ooh, maybe because it was written that the, the song was old-fashioned. So maybe people felt that it was a little bit old-fashioned, a little bit... <sighs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, but if... We have started a little bit earlier in the show, perhaps been one of the first ten to sing. Maybe the results would be different, uh, because I remember the Netherlands, they they sang last. They were the last one, yeah. Yeah, so perhaps that would have done the difference, maybe. Uh, but um, before me, uh, Yugoslavia sang. Yeah, and before that, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god singing after Mia Martini wasn't the easiest job <laughs> so so maybe it was a little bit tiring because I think it's important where you are in the competition that the song will be sung maybe last or maybe first um, but I'm not sure um, maybe a combination of both old fashioned and a little bit too late out in the competition maybe Did Robert Morley offer you anything afterwards? 
I mean, were they follow-ups to Visioner because it was was a hit in Norway, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a big hit yeah. uh, in Norway and one of the most played songs in Norway and that and um, Radio Luxembourg, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we worked together afterwards, but not with the recording music, but uh, recording dubbing, um, okay. you know, the Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Um, I was Bell. Uh, yeah. The Norwegian voice to to Bell and uh, well we've done these things in the studio. Det är nu sött och nästan fint. Han var ju stygg och ganska grov men lite för pint. Nu är han snill. Jag undrar på om jag var blind som inte skönte det för nu. But you said here before that you, the media thought the song was old-fashioned. Do you think mm. it was maybe the arrangement of the song turned mm. out old-fashioned? Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Mm. I can agree with that. Uh, well, it's pure speculating, of course, but uh, if the arrangement had been a little more like as it was in our slow spectrum, yeah. who knows? A bit more powerful. Mm. Yeah. I think so. It um, maybe that would be better. I guess so. Were you offered more songs afterwards to compete in Melody Grand Prix? I mean, you competed two years in a row, and yeah. and then you have never competed again. No, uh, I haven't. Uh, I chose to to take a step back, and that was uh, important to me because. In this period uh, in Norway, it could be unwise to participate in the competition because, uh, oh, Eurovision music, oh, no, no quality and so on. So uh, people were actually scared of participating mm. for a few years because, well, it could be, kill your career, <laughs> yeah. honestly. And, uh, and I wanted to do uh something else not being remembered only for Vishuna but for my own music and my own lyrics so i took a step back uh and i released an album uh in 1996 1997 called um and salt uh in norwegian produced by rolf graf mm -hmm. Uh, which was the bass player in the legendary band Lava. Uh, he participated in 1985 uh, as well. Uh, we became very good friends. Uh, so we worked together with this album, but um, the album didn't, did not succeed. Uh, we weren't played on the radio uh, or nothing. It was just, oh, oh, yeah, the Eurovision singer, not interesting. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and that's uh, that killed my guts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I thought that uh, okay, this is it. I'm not a singer anymore. I should do something else. So uh, after that, I took a real job. I worked in an office. I worked mm -hmm. in the reception. Yeah. And uh, well, <laughs> that didn't work out <laughs> so good because uh, you can't hide who you really are. Because I've always known that I wanted to perform and to sing. So uh, after a few years, I realized that. So I just uh, stopped. Um, I quit the office and um, and I began to sing. Uh, after me and my husband moved out of Oslo uh, to Hamar. Uh, and then I began to sing around in Hamar and work with several people. And um, that saved my career in a way. I, I found myself. Well... 25 years later, we listen to some of the songs from the album. <laughs>
Have you never been tempted to compete again? To be honest, uh, no. <laughs> uh, maybe as a songwriter, uh, yeah. because I feel the competition has uh, changed uh, in a way. We have to make room for the new ones, the younger links. <laughs> uh, and um, well, maybe I'm not too old to to participate, but uh, I like doing other things, another type of music. I sing a lot of classical music, for example, because I sing at a lot of funerals uh, where I live. And that's very comforting because I can do so much uh, different music and uh, it feels very meaningful. Uh, and Eurovision is, is fun while it lasts and suddenly it's over. Yeah. And it, you can be a huge success, but you can also be a huge fiasco. So, been there, done that. Uh, I'll be happy to make room for someone else. <laughs> But you must have been offered some songs during the years. No, never. Never? <laughs> never. <Ooh. laughs> well, I don't mind. Um, because the competition is very different now from yeah. then. There's much more a show now than yeah. just just the songs and the artists. But last year, when Monish in uh, one, I felt that... Oh, now this is uh, now the music is back on track, because there were less show, but there were more music, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some years ago, you mm. released an album mm. titled Andante. Mm, that's correct. Uh, I look at at um, the cover right now. Mm. And the picture is it taken in Israel? Is it a Western Wall? No, <laughs> uh, it is uh, in this beautiful town called uh, Hamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hamar is um, perhaps most famous for um, hosting um, the Olympics in yep. 1994. We had this uh, Viking ship, all the skate uh, skating things and um, figure skating and so on. And in Hamar, we have um, this glass cathedral, which is so beautiful because um, yeah, the picture is taken uh, in the middle of a uh, Uh, so the wall uh, on the picture is the ruins from um, a, a cathedral, which is protected by a glass building, yeah. uh, which is one of the dearest uh, places in Hamar to be wed. It's like a glass cathedral. 
Yeah. Looking quite religious uh, in the picture, perhaps, um, but it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, and the acoustic uh, in this glass building is quite magnificent. Listening to um, a cappella song, uh, for example, or a Gregorian chant, oh, almost get religious by thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very beautiful. So if you ever come to Hamad, you have to see it. And we'll listen to some of the songs from the album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing today in your life, Marietta? I'm living a life as a singer, full time. Yeah? Finally. <laughs> so after finding myself around the year 2000, 2003, we share a son, uh, my husband and I. Yeah. Uh, and um, well, he's a musician as well. He's a drummer. Okay. Uh, so uh, nowadays I work as a singer. I sing in lots of funerals in the area that we're living. Uh, and to be honest, that is the most meaningful work I've ever done in my life. Uh, it is so beautiful to see how much a song could mean when you have to say goodbye to someone you love. Yeah. And that means so much to me that I can be the one to, to sing the song uh, that the family has chosen but because maybe some of the songs are chosen for a special reason. And to be the one to sing it, uh, it means everything to me it perhaps makes a difference for those left behind. Yeah. Uh, so I do lots of that, uh, and I do a lot of concerts, uh, even in these uh, corona uh, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done some uh, concerts, 
uh, and uh, big events, small events. Uh, and I also work uh, as a coach for um, Melodi Grand Prix, the junior edition here in Norway. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> I, I have one son, but I have about 70 or 80 kids under my wings now. <laughs> because it's so nice to see them shine on stage and feeling comfortable. And they are singing their own songs on television and I'm around them to perhaps help them on the way to, to sing it in the easiest way and making them feeling safe on stage. So all I've learned since I was 14, 15 myself, those experiences I can use to help them being yeah. that safe. And um, oh, I love it. I really do. I wonder, <laughs> when did you sing Visioner last time? How often do you sing it nowadays? <laughs> uh, <laughs> never you oh never? my goodness no we, uh, we had um there was this uh, eurovision show uh in a club uh in oslo yeah uh a little trip down memory lane uh and then i was invited there together with hanna uh and the charmed if you remember yeah, them yeah, absolutely yeah. i love them oh. they were in this podcast form for some months ago yeah Oh, they are so positive, beautiful ah, girls. Lovely. My heart goes, yeah. yeah. And and then we were there, and then I sang a visione there. Okay. Um, and um, my pianist, uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Thomas, he remixed uh, visione. Uh, to this occasion. Okay. So uh, we did uh, Visioner Club Edition. <laughs> and that uh, was quite refreshing because it was very different, both from uh, Oslo Spectrum and both from uh, Malmö and from the record. Yeah. A very, very different version. Uh, a little bit more like uh, Kylie Minogue. Um, na, 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 na. Merete, this has been a joyful evening with you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it as well, really. <laughs> I love the nice conversation. I wonder, could we please hear the second verse once again with the laugh and everything? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are you ready? Definitely. Men hoppet är tänd. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> det kan väl aldrig bli för sent för kunskap och slå rot som ger skapet trammot. Kulturen är en norv till folket i vårt land. Den är ett spel av tidens gång. Kärlighet och ge till söster och bror Ge oss en soluppgång Och la vårt dröm vara sann 
Sammen på håpets vei.